0: Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Portions of the Oilers Now podcast are brought to you by ProAmsports.ca. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office supplies at huge savings?
1: Yeah, Digitex does that.
0: D-I-G-I-T-E-X.ca on Oilers Radio 630-10. It's 1234 in Edmonton. We will open up the River Cree Resort and Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. That number again, 780-496-0063. What do you think of the order's moves in free agency? Edmonton, uh, we just had Kyle Brodziak on the show. You can also text us on our Westlock Ford text line at 630-630. Tell us what you think. Edmonton getting Brodziak, a two-year deal, uh, $1.15 million. He had other options, including a couple organizations that he'd also played with in St. Louis and Minnesota. That's what was reported. And, uh, you know, uh, Tobias Reeder a one-year deal at $2.0 million. So tell me what you think. 780-496-0063. That is our River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. we got tons of texts to get to as well. Uh, some guests on the show received gift certificates to Roost Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roost Chris Steakhouse. $99.90 Jasper Avenue. Roost Chris, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. Reminder, every Wednesday night is date night at Roost Chris, where two can dine for one hundred and twenty dollars. Uh, we can also hit on Yesapol Yarvi as well as Nail Yakupov on today's edition of Oilers Now. Hey Bob and Brendan, this text comes to us from Lac La Alberta. The orders have acquired a vital ingredient: veteran leadership with character in bringing in Kyle Brodziak. I think they did real good with the cap space that they had. You can text us at six thirty. Six thirty. Mike says Bob, with seven point two million still in cap space after hopefully signing Stromanurse, how much is left? Does a guy like Maximov crack the lineup as well? Thanks for Mike. Mike, I think. Uh Kirill Maximov is a good prospect but I don't think he's going to be in the mix here to, uh, to to be making the team. Wouldn't surprise me if he returns back to junior for at least one more year. And uh, I, I'll I run the numbers multiple times. I'll bring those on here momentarily. Uh, let's go to Jed wants to hop on in line number one and he wants to talk about Neil Yakupov. Jed, hey Bobby, how are you? Good, what's up? I
2: remember when we first got Yak, I called into you guys and I went down to that game in Calgary and it was a preseason, and everybody was at the bench on a timeout. And the girls were out there cleaning the ice. And here's old Yaks, skating around in his zone, not paying attention. And I said to myself, there, I think that might be the answer they're looking for. But then we gave him a chance, and he prospered a little bit. And last year I thought, well, maybe he's got a chance. But I don't know. i I sort of seen the, the K coming. And the other one I wanted to ask you about is our goal tending. Yep. Uh, I
0: see Bruce Warner sign with yep. somebody else. Hey, he signed with the Winnipeg Jets.
2: Yeah, how's that looking now? Our goaltend—do we have a, a
0: backup that's going to be uh, competitive? Or well, I hope Mika Koskinen is competitive. But I got to tell you, Jed, I other than seeing him play in the Olympics, I haven't seen him play a lot in the last couple of years. I mean, I, the order scouts, their pro scouts, obviously felt he had something for them to step up and sign him at the price point that they did. Uh, but if, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie to you and tell you, well, I've seen this guy play 50 or 60 times or yeah. watch video. I've not done that. Uh, it is, I know the argument that's out there. Why would you sign a completely unproven goaltender at uh, $2, yeah. million, two million base plus a $500,000 bonus? I get people, I, I, I totally understand that perspective, but I haven't seen him enough to pass judgment on him at this stage.
2: I'm a little bit disappointed they didn't give Boursois another chance. I know the defense wasn't that great last year. Uh, I liked the guy. I thought he was good at junior. I thought he had some ups. I thought he had some downs. But, like you said, signing somebody with no... Well,
0: that's... No, yeah, no I, 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 I do think Boursois was given a fair amount of opportunity here. Okay. Okay, okay. now that said... I might have considered re-signing him, but you know what? I think he was at the... Remember, he was on a one-way deal, Definitely. and he was probably at the stage where maybe he was looking for a new start in another organization as well. So uh, okay. Okay, Jack?
2: up the back end. Hey, let's
0: go, boys. All right. Thanks for the call, Jed. 780-496-0063. Elvis is in the building on line number two. Elvis, how are you?
3: Enjoying the summer, Bob. Enjoying the summer, I'll tell you. All right. Love well, it. that's good. Yeah, and you know what? I I will say with the with the cachet that the Oilers have, I'm really really excited about uh, Tobias Reeder. I didn't think he would be there,
0: nor did I. Term,
3: that term or the money. Uh, so I think I think we got that, that. was that was so pleasant, such a pleasant surprise. And Brodziak coming back to me. Uh, I mean, this guy this guy he might be a little slower, but he's great great at face offs, great on the penalty kill. He'll bring some leadership into the room. I think. I think it's. I think it'll uh, take some pressure off of some of the other guys. Uh, I want to talk about the Calgary signing though, James Neal. Question for you, Bob. Yes. Why? Why didn't? Why did Nashville get rid of him? A. You're going to say salary. B. Why didn't uh, Vegas sign him?
0: All right. Uh, Nashville had. It was a protection issue with Nashville. Expand right. Expansion. So he was made available on expansion, and I, I'm led to believe that uh, George McPhee only offered three years and the Flames offered five. I think Calgary uh, you know what, I don't like the trade with Carolina that Calgary made but I do like the signings. Now I'm a little biased in Derek Ryan, so even if I took him out of it, uh, I would tell you that l- there were at least 20 teams in on Austin Zarnik. At least 20 in on Austin Zarnik. And then, right. and then in terms of uh, in terms of uh, Neil, I've always liked the guy. Like he's he scored wherever he's gone. Uh, that said, 31 to 36 during the course of the contract, we'll see traditionally those guys that play to me, he's, he, he's capable of being a full blown power forward and the game has evolved, but there tends to be a drop off. And that's the concern for everybody here with Milan Lucic. Are we seeing that drop off occur? We've seen it with Clarkson and other players. Is there just so, you know, do we get to the point where there's too much damage and, you know, in terms of the repetition with playing that type of game, um, but yeah, two points. Number one, Nashville they had protection issues. They wanted to protect the four D that made James Neal available in expansion. And then I'm told Vegas only wanted to offer a three year contract to James Neal, and he took the five in Calgary.
3: Well, so it, so it, just a final point for you, then, Bob. You look at you you look at uh, the Oilers. I'm so happy that we didn't go uh, overpay or make some make some outlandish trade or whatever. I still don't think they're done. I still think there could
0: be a trade in the works there. Well, um, you, you never know. You, you never... Yeah. I mean, Peter Sorelli said on Sunday, I got the impression, the context of how I asked the question about a 14th forward or, you know, looking at signing another guy, I got the impression maybe there was a trade for that type of player. Maybe he had identified somebody in another organization that maybe he wanted, that he maybe another organization, maybe they were working on another deal that would, you know, end up having that player pop and become free and available. Uh, I was
3: listening to you. Yeah, I was listening. I, that, that was great, and kudos to you guys for being the only guys that, uh, or the, the the only radio station in Edmonton that stood up and had something going on Sunday. Really, really appreciate it.
0: Okay, thanks, Elvis. Seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. I was unaware that we were the only radio sh- uh, station that had something going on Sunday. Didn't read. You do like a two hour, two and a half hour show? Yeah, but I'm I'm not sure if somebody else died not pro. Contrary to popular opinion, I'm not involved programming that other station anymore, so... <laughs> Never did, actually. I think they had soccer or something going on. Well, know. that's okay. Soccer's a great sport. 780 <laughs> You can text us at 630 Uh 630. Here we go. Bob, I think the Oilers got two good players. Uh, however, they're not going to be Calgary. People are, gonna, uh, are going to be... Uh, finished. What's he saying? He thinks the Oilers should start looking for... Uh, Uh, think about training for Eric Carlson looks like a new GM and head coach next year thanks tired of losing that text comes to us out of Edmonton well let's see how Calgary does and let's see how Edmonton does Okay, because there were a lot of people last year that thought the Calgary Flames were going to have one of the best top four defenses in the NHL and that didn't come to fruition and they didn't make the playoffs and a lot of people had the Edmonton Oilers winning the Western Conference and that didn't happen both teams need to be considerably better both teams and Eric Carlson, to my, I believe it was Frank Cervelli of TSN, put out on Twitter that uh, Eric Carlson, Edmonton, was not on his trade to list. If I'm the owners, I don't do that. Maybe keep my powder, dr- improve the team, grow out the team over the course of the next couple of years, absolutely. There might be some pretty interesting players open and available in free agency, like. 2019 2020 let's go to jack on line number one jack how are you
4: i'm good bob uh, just a couple of uh comments uh has there been any inquiries in regards to Jason or uh grant uh
0: by the orders i you know what i have not heard those two names uh i'm not a big jason guy I will say in Grant's case, he couldn't score forever, but he had a real good year. I thought he had a pretty good year in Anaheim last year.
4: Well, he, it, the thing is, he's a big boy, can skate really, really well, yeah. and uh, they he, should he, be looking at someone like that to take away uh, the, uh, the problems that might arise with Raddy not being good enough, which I doubt, and, uh, and promoting uh, a young fellow like Yakimoto too quick.
0: Yeah, Yamamoto. Uh, hey, just an FYI uh, on Derek Grant. You've seen him skate a lot because my interpretation of Grant is he's a, he is a he's a, a thicker build. He's a competitive player, but I would not personally describe him as a great skater, Jack. I, I think he's I think his skating is he's got other aspects. He's got the gamesmanship. He's got the competitiveness. He's he's got some size. He's willing to step up for his teammates. That sort of thing. I am I personally don't think he's. Uh,
4: you're not a big fan of his skating.
0: No, but I'm a big fan okay. of the. I'm a big fan of the other aspects of his game. Okay. I think he's. And, I think he's a 12, 13 NHL forward. Like he's a. To me, he's, he's now a legitimate NHL player. But guys like that, it's tough for those guys to continue to find employment year after year. You know what I'm saying?
4: Well, what? Well, yeah, know I know exactly what you're saying. But you know what? The owners have got to do is got to get another year out of this group, and the more uh, physical stability they can create. Take some of the pressure off some of the smaller guys. You know, uh, that's the way the game is played. Uh, and he states well enough that he'll be able to keep up. Uh, mine, uh, my concern is uh, uh, what's going to happen with the guys like Marody and Mackisbaugh. And, uh, and uh, you know, they've got a lot of skill coming.
0: Okay, th- right. yep, Jack, got it. Thanks for the call. 780-496-0063. Uh, all right, Cooper Marody For me, total long shot to play more than 20 games for the Oilers this year. Looked okay in the development camp. Still some time away. Kyler Yamamoto, uh, for me, likely to start in uh, Bakersfield playing for uh, Jay Woodcroft. But never say never, because he l- Brendan, you were there. He was the best forward in the uh, scrimmage. You could see the skill. Um, to me, the game's moving towards more speed and skill. Mind you, come playoff time, it was quite apparent that uh, you still need some, some heavy presence. And that, in fact, is part of the reason why Washington won the Stanley Cup. They were by far the most physical team in the Eastern Conference. I mean, think about it. Tampa Bay kind of... You know, one team that's lost a bit of its identity in that regard Boston. I mean, yeah, they still have Chara, but you know they used to be a tough team, and they're not as physical as they used to be, and I kind of thought Tampa Bay took some liberties on Boston, and then, of course, we all know that Washington, they had their way against Tampa Bay. They leaned on them a bit during the course last year. So you can make an argument during the regular season, you need that speed and skill, and it's continuing to move in that direction, but there's still some heavy hockey that gets played come playoff time, partially because what happens? The officials put the whistles away. You want to jump in here? Well, just on Grant quickly, because he did have a pretty good year, Bob. 12 goals, 24 points in 66 games with the Ducks. He's 6'3", 215, can play center as well. But the Ducks today signed Rowney and Gibbons, so they went in a different direction. So I don't know why. Maybe it's because he wants more money, or they just decided to go a different direction. If I'm not mistaken, Derek Grant did not score. Look up, you got his numbers on HockeyDB. Look up his first 80 or 90 games. I I, could have sworn he hadn't scored a goal. Until the season in the NHA. Yeah, you're right. In 2012 13, he played five games with Ottawa, 13, 14, 20 games with Ottawa, 15 with Calgary, in 15, 16, 16, 17, 40 with Buffalo. No goals in 40 games there. Yeah, so his first 12 goals all came this season yeah. with Anaheim. Yeah, so, and and you know what? I'll say this about the Ducks. They found it because they were banged up earlier in the year. Remember, Getzlaff, Kessler was out. Kessler might be done. He might be shut down. Like, it's entirely possible that he does not play this season. And uh Getzlaff was out as well. And Derek Grant was one of those guys that came up from the farm and helped keep that team competitive. You can text us at 630-630, tweet us at Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Ulrich with you. We're going to take a quick time out. This is Oilers Now. showroom on St. Albert Trail, fill your fan cave at ProAmSports.ca That's ProAmSports.ca This is Cam Talbot from your
3: Edmonton Oilers and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chat. Thanks
0: a lot Cam it's 1250 in Edmonton. You can uh, tweet us at Oilers Now or tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stauffer. aka RCN he's going by Max Stoffer. Broke these days. I have no. Is that his golf game? I don't know. Bob, the trade Shia mentioned the other day. Did he mean they were close on a trade and it fell apart, or did he mean they still have something in the hopper? Well, uh, I asked the question at the availability about whether or not the orders were looking at potentially a 14th forward. Here was Peter Chiarelli's response. Possible we could add another
4: forward. Sure. We've, we've, uh, we're close on a couple of uh, things today, including a trade. Um, so there 's possible that could happen, um, and it could we could possibly add a center at the uh, kind of in the depth position that would be big for up and down between here and uh, we 've talked to a couple of teams, so a couple of players of, uh, in that regard, so that, that we could still add to those minor pieces, so we 'd continue
0: to pick away at that Where do you think you are right now all right, so that to me would suggest that at least as of Sunday afternoon, it was still open and still potentially on. And that it might have been... Because I, I asked Peter whether or not they were looking for a 14th forward and then also a center, a first-line center for their American Hockey League team. I mean, the last caller brought up Derek Grant. That might be the type of guy you might want to go get because he can go up and down. Uh, the only thing is, he, I wouldn't call him... Well, yeah, I mean, if what did he have last year? 12 goals and 24 points? Yeah, in sixty games, that's not bad. Like, I mean, for a fourth line guy, that's pretty good. Let's go to Doug on line number one. He wants to talk about the Oilers' off season so far. Doug, how are you?
1: Hey, great, Bobby. Listen, I know the top. Of the hours coming, so I'll try to be quick. Listen, uh, overall, I'm, I'm happy with the uh, picks that they, the pickups that they got uh, over the summer. I think uh, it's definitely going to help out our, our bottom six, and who knows, maybe uh, one of them might be able to slide up. a Reader per, per se might be able to play up on the top uh, second line with. I said all that type of thing now. Bob, I, I agree with a lot of things that you say and uh, I appreciate your point of view, but and I, I know you're the forever uh, you're the optimist. I know you are. And uh, not that I'm a pessimist, but I kinda look at myself as being a realist. All right. <laughs> so I, I just find with the orders right now th- there's just too many ifs. If that's happens, fair. If that happens that is, I mean,
0: that is a fair comment.
1: I've got about seven or eight of them. I mean, top and foremost, if Talbot regains his form. Uh, yeah, he showed flashes of it, uh, not this last year, but the year before. But for half a season, he was great. Uh, if Lucic, he can reinvent himself or, or, or do whatever, I just feel that at the age of 30, I kind of think you are what you are, but we'll see. We'll see what happens, eh? Uh, if Sakura gets back to form from his injury, and this is a big one for me, if Ty Ratty, Ty Raddy, he, he's got a golden opportunity for sitting right in the palm of his hand. Now he's got to come into camp the best shape he's ever, ever, ever been in his whole life. I mean, if he can do that, he's got a shot. Uh, those kinds of things. Uh, if Nugent Hopkins, if Nugent Hopkins can, uh, uh, proved to be a really decent, solid winger for uh, for Connor, right? Uh, Dreisal, if he can become a driver of his own line, uh, Clefbaum, if he can <laughs> stay healthy and get back to form, uh, all kind. Of, uh, if Larson gets back to his form, I just find there's so many ifs. It just makes me. I mean, I'm hoping they make the playoffs. Honest to God, uh, everybody yep. does, right? But I just look at this team. and I said, God darn it, it's just so many ifs. I, I just don't know. And, again, the, the bottom picks that we picked up here, that, that'll help out the bottom six. But it's the rest of the stuff, uh, number one, Talbot, and I agree with you. And no goaltending, uh you know where you're at, right? So he's got to be solid to
0: help out. Well, it starts there, right? It and does. you know what? It started there last year. He got pulled in two of the first four games, and the team lost some confidence. The year before, he was lights out early, and they got off to a pretty decent start. Talbot is, uh, you know, the, the combination of Talbot and Koskinen, that combination has to give him a nine fifteen save percentage or better.
1: Absolutely. Right? And so they, it know, starts Delgari, to tell you the truth, uh, you know, you say they had the best defense on paper and it didn't come to fruition, but I, I find they would have been in the playoffs if, uh, oh, what you call him, goaltender hadn't got hurt.
0: Uh. Yeah, but the whole reason why they were any good last year for the first four months was because Mike Smith stood on his head, then he got yeah, hurt. Yeah, he did,
3: he did. Like, that's the point.
0: The team didn't, the team to me did not perform on the level that the goalie did, and conversely, uh, Talbot struggled early and the Oilers wavered with some confidence early and then by the time he got his game together late in the year to pull up his save percentage it was too late.
1: You know for, Bob you're absolutely right. Uh, let's just hope and pray that these ifs are, aren't ifs uh, they prove to be at least half of them <laughs> come up positive. Well certainly I
0: think- I'll, I'll give you I'll, for for me there's there's like four keys okay obviously number one the combination of Talbot and Koskinen, but let's get specific Talbot. Number right. two, they need their special team Their special teams can't be 25th and 31st, okay? Nope. They, were, they finished 25th in PK, 31st in power play. It's almost unbelievable McDavid won the scoring race. They need, the year before, they were fifth in the league in the power play, 18th on the penalty kill, and at one point, they were second on the penalty kill in November of 2016-17. So it shows you how bad they were really for about a calendar year until Todd McClellan took over the PK in early February. So they need their power play. So they need a the goalie. To, they need a save percentage of 9.15 or better. They can't have 25th and 31st overall special teams. Their defense was not how—I'll say this about Larson. I thought he was pretty good down the stretch. Okay, I, th- I thought he played pretty well, got his game back. He is what he is. He's a good defenseman. He's not a great defenseman. He's a solid defensive defenseman. They need cleft bomb to bounce back. Sacra, I got no clue. I'm serious. I don't know. He looked okay in the world championship, but the game's played at a completely different pace and far less uh, physical. So that's three, three is the defense. And then number four, you know, secondary scoring you'd like to think they've got some secondary story. Where that's going to come from is, you know, does Reader help out in the top nine? Does Paul, Yar- Paul Yarvey take a step through? Is, does a guy like Yamamoto surprise and uh, come in here right from the get-go and claim, again, in two years from now, if Paul Yarvey and Yamamoto are the top two Oilers right wings and they're productive, then it's a home run with those two picks. Well,
1: but- I'll put it this way, Bob. I'm hoping, I, I, I like the kid, but Yamamoto, I, 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 I'm, I'm hoping for the benefit of the Oilers and him that he doesn't start the year
0: here. Well, and and if
1: he does, if he does, that tells me a lot about
0: the team. I'll leave you with this, Doug. I I sat on the tarmac in Saskatoon and found out at that time because we waited for an hour in 2015, 16 that Leon Settle was being sent down, and I couldn't believe it. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, how can you send him down based on how he's played in the preseason? He's been no worse than their third or fourth best forward. And he went down for six games, and because of injury, uh, you know, because of injury, came up, and he never looked back. And I don't yes, think he ben- i don't think he benefited that much from going down. But he did go down, and I remember taking calls in this show, and people were like, "Oh, you guys screwed up with Drysaitel and 37 games the year before, and he was snake bit that year in those 37 games. He could have easily had 17 to to 20 points with a little bit of puck luck. And if you had told people. If you had told people at the start of a 15-16 season when Drysdale went down, that by you know less than two calendar years later, the guy would sign a contract eight years, eight and a half million, and be your number two forward, people would have said no way. So with Yamamoto, same scenario. If he gets sent down early, and because I think ratty has got about a 20-game window to make it or break it,
1: Yep,
4: I agree.
0: All right, and if he doesn't make it and Yamamoto comes up, he may never look back because Dryside will never look back. Doug, thanks for the call and fair Bye comment. Fair comment. Bye. All right, off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, second hour of the show, Stoffer, Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta, Jeremy Rutherford from The Athletic out of St. Louis. This is Oilers Now.